You need to forget about all the normal rules that apply to both college and society. Hello, welcome to Pop You with Josh and Drew. I am one of your co-hosts, Andrew. You know, it's summertime and that means vacation. So Josh is on vacation this week, but once again in the guest chair, we have Nick. Nick will be joining us here in a second, but I wanted to let everyone know that the first half of this show will focus on Movies from 1992, and the second half is going to focus on the movie that we chose this week, which is Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. So we'll talk about 1992 first, and then when we get finished with that, we'll go into Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and that will actually be next week. So without further ado, let me introduce our guest host, Nick. Oh, and I'm trying to fix this background noise, so it might be with us for a few more minutes you hear background hissing i'm trying to get that fixed so give it a couple all right so glenn gary glenn ross came out in 1992 so gosh this is coming up on 30 years that's crazy to me and i don't know i've seen this movie dozens of times it's definitely in my favorites it came out in a pretty heady year for movies 1992 all right nick hello everyone hello to you how many times have you seen this movie? Probably 10 to 15 times. I mean, I know it pretty well. You know, it's it's one of those movies that it's an instant classic to me. So um, it's definitely in my Rolodex. This film came out in 1992 and was based on a stage play that was written by David Mamet uh, in the early 80s. And he actually took his original stage play and then adapted it for the screen. So he did the screenplay as well. And we're going to get into what some of the changes were between the film version and the stage version. But anyway, this the the cast of this film is off the charts. It's one of the it's got to be one of the most pro it's got to be one of the most prolific cast movies in the '90s. You have Alan Pacino, Jack Lemmon, Alec Baldwin, Jonathan Price, Alan Arkin, Kevin Spacey, Ed Harris, and that's pretty much everyone in the film. There are a couple little bit parts played by the police officers and a couple other little very, you know, almost non-speaking roles, but the major roles are played by a murderer's row uh, with some of the top actors from the last 15, 20 years, some of them at their, the height of their powers and with as much juice as they would ever have. And I think Alec Baldwin probably is on that list. But it's it's incredible, the cast. How many Os- how many of those have Oscars? Is it I know I know probably I know at least half of them have been nominated. I'm looking up I'm I'm actually looking up Alec Baldwin. He's the one I'm not sure about. So Baldwin has not been nominated for an Academy Award. He has he's hosted it, co hosted it, but no, he has not which that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, he's I, I had kind think. of a weird career, but it is weird that a lot of the leading roles that he was up for around that time would always go to like Harrison Ford 
or Kevin Spacey. Yeah, I mean, it would have to have been in a in a supporting role. I would think like Departed maybe. Uh, he hit a home run there. He's had some great roles, you know, uh, on the supporting level, like The Aviator. But I, I don't think his best work is on that on the TV show. I mean, that's kind of like his big thing. Yeah, Thirty Rock. Of course, he did Hunt for Red October, which is one of my favorite movies. Couldn't you see him like pulling something off or Departed? You know, I mean, he was so magnanimous in that in that movie i mean he was just like right there he was up for dr richard kimball in the fugitive did you know that oh is that right can you even imagine him in that role i i can't he was replaced by harrison ford in another role jack ryan and we actually got to see so you know you always talk about well what if this guy had played it instead of him well that actually happened i mean and you there the acting styles are so different and in Hunt for Red October, Jack Ryan's character is a lot more um, nerdy and almost kind of like, he, he's not like, you don't think of him as like a, uh, a super agent kind of guy, you know, whereas in, in all the subsequent Jack Ryan movies, starting with Patriot Games, Harrison Ford, he, he plays that intellectual type, but he plays a guy that can get dirty and, you know, can win a, a gunfight kind of thing. And um, so it's it's just a lot different. But, uh, hey, real quick. So Ed Harris was um, nominated. He received his first Academy Award. Yeah, Apollo 13, right? Well, so we've got four. We've got four Academy Award winners. Al Pacino won, Ed Harris won, and Jack Lemmon two. Okay, and what were those two movies for? What were those two? Uh, two movies that I've never seen and I've really never even heard of. Save the Tiger and Mr. Roberts. Oh, okay. Save the Tiger. Okay. That I came think out I... 73, and I think uh, Mr. Roberts came out in 60. Okay. Don't. I'm not familiar with that movie. I probably have, have you seen Have you seen Save the Tiger? No. I don't know anything I, about I, but that. But I'm I'm familiar with the with the movie. I'm just I have but not seen either one. Jack Lemmon has been nominated a billion times though. Like, he's been nominated for all kinds of stuff. China Syndrome. Um, I think, uh, let's see what else. China Syndrome. Um, the Apartment. Um, Some Like It Hot. So he's had several nominations, but he's only won twice. And just oh. Save the Tiger. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, so he's got two. Spacey so, so has who, two. Does Spacey the, has two. So Spacey has two? for... Pacino just has one. Okay. Uh, can you guess Spacey's two? Uh, is one of them American Beauty? Yes, that's the only one I was aware of. And apparently he won Best Supporting for The Usual Suspects. Ah, man, I forgot about that. I, I had no idea. Man, those, those mid-90s had so many great movies that they, quite frankly, they yeah. I get confused with the year and who won what. I mean, there were so many great nominations that... That you could see, yeah. with, you know, taking that award home. Um, there but, was a run of, of, of the the Oscar shows from like the I think like the real the real sort of peak of Oscar shows. I know where you're 80s, going with this, and I totally agree. Late '80s to like mid '90s. Yes, it was just every year was great. I would agree. Um, you had great hosts. You had great movies that were up for awards. The shows were always really good. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the movies that came out in 92. Did we read you off the nominees for the films or the 
movie's nominated for Best Picture for in 92. Okay. Unforgiven, Crying Game, Few Good Men, Howard's End, and Son of a Woman. Those are the movies that were nominated. Okay. All right. So a pretty good list. Unforgiven one for sure. If that was the same, did you read that one off? I didn't even hear that one. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, because Eastwood won for best director, and then and then Unforgiven, I believe, won. Well, yeah. So yeah. So uh, Unforgiven won. Um, but okay. So out of those four, out of those five, Unforgiven, Crying Game, Few Good Men, Howard's End, Son of a Woman, is that the best one of those five? A few Good Men. A few A Few Good Men would be my favorite. What's interesting is. That was also written as a play. Yeah, that's right. Um, that was well, uh, one of the interesting things I should say. Sor- that's that's Sorkin's first uh, first. Was that his first yeah, screenplay? Yeah, his, I, I, I think it I is. Think so I mean, it was definitely. He was a bartender. I think that was when he was working as a bartender. He wrote that. Wow. Yeah, which is interesting because yeah, this is a play too. So okay, so ninety-two, Unforgiven won for Best Picture. Al Pacino won for Scent of a Woman. Robert Downey Jr. was nominated for Chaplin. Clint okay. Eastwood was nominated. Stephen Ray in The Crying Game and Denzel Washington in Malcolm X. And there's, man, you can make a case that Denzel Washington probably should have won. Nothing against Al Pacino, but I wouldn't have picked Al Pacino to win in this role. I don't right. really like, I don't, wouldn't you agree? That would have given Denzel his third. He's already got two. That would have been his first, right? That would have been his first. Yeah. Uh, actress was Emma Thompson in Howard's End. This is in, I want to know what you think about this. Okay. Supporting actor. Here's where we got to get into Glenn Gary. Gene Hackman was nominated for Unforgiven. Jack Nicholson for A Few Good Men. Al Pacino in Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. David Paymer in Mr. Saturday Night. And Jay Davidson in The Crying Game. I haven't seen Mr. Saturday Night or The Crying Game, so I can't really speak to those. But Unforgiven, A Few Good Men, and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Hackman won. Shouldn't Jack have won? If you had asked me who won, I would have told you Jack. Yeah. Um, but I easily could make an argument for Hackman. He was absolutely brilliant. He's great. As, it was just uh, a bad. It's just that's just a bad beat for Jack. You know. Yeah, that's pretty cool though. I mean, those are two of my favorite movies and two of my favorite performances by, by each of those actors. I mean, that is that is heavy hitting competition. <laughs> and then don't forget Al Pacino. Like right, he's, right. like he comes third in that list, and he gives a an amazing performance as Ricky Roma. Um, director Clint Eastwood won for Unforgiven. Robert Altman was nominated for The Player, uh, and then Neil Jordan, Martin Brest, uh, and James. Well, what Ivory about screenplay? Because you've got I bet Few Good Men was nominated. Yeah, let's see. The Crying Game won for Best Original. But then you, but those two movies that we're talking about would have been adaptations. So, so that's going to be. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, Howard's End. I wouldn't have put put that on there, but that makes me want to go back and watch that. Um, I don't know anything about that movie. I mean, it might be great. I that's don't know. the uh, Anthony Hopkins movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd like to watch it. Um, but but so. Yeah, I mean, this was this was definitely to me. It maybe I don't know what you would call it, but from ninety to ninety five, maybe ninety six, heck, even ninety seven. I would definitely say through ninety seven, those eight years were my favorite um, in terms of like through the course of my life. Those would be absolutely the formative 
years for my movie viewing. For, so wait, what, what's the range of years? I would say starting with 90. And I mean, you could go back a couple years, but I'm saying let's just start with that decade. And I would say cut it off at 97. Mm-hmm. And maybe 98 if you want to throw in Saving Private Ryan. But I mean, just... Yeah. For, I mean, that decade, golly, that, that is... I've had this conversation with Josh a bunch. By the way, if you could mend it, even get nominated... That makes no sense to me. Fugit Men didn't get nominated, and neither did Glenn Gary. Um, that is weird. It's weird how the 90s, and this is like, so Josh and I will have the conversation occasionally about the best decade of movies, and we always sort of lean 70s. But in recent months, I've, I don't think it's the 70s for me. Uh, I think it's either the 90s. We always leave out the 90s. We, we forget, I mean, think about Pulp Fiction, Shawshank. Fugitive. I mean, there's so many great films that came out in the '90s. I mean, it's I'm, really hard to compare decades. You know, it's to me. It really to is. To me, it's like trying to compare Jordan, Michael Jordan versus uh, Bill Russell. Yeah, LeBron versus. You know, I agree with you. The competition's different, and directing styles were different. Uh, well, okay, so now talking about movies and not NBA, directing styles were different. Cinematography was different. You know, even in the '70s, you had that gritty. Kind of the lighting was different. The, the, there was grittiness in the films. They were much more contemplative. You had darker endings. You had much more... It was realism. There's been discussions on why that is, and a lot of it is because the 70s were kind of a a, a, a down decade. You Nixon, know, Vietnam. You know, all the economic issues, and, and so... And then yeah, of course, that's right. Yeah, and, and of course it ends with, you know, Tehran, and, and so... I think that that... In the 80s, 80s, you have Reagan, who is he's bringing symbol, back this sort of it's he, new morning in America, right. optimism, you know, that kind Wall of stuff. Wall Street and... Wall uh, Street. All, all these, you know, all the movies, everything was kind of centered around commercialism and capitalism and, yeah. uh, you know, good times were, were happening and the risky business. Yes, I think it was a, there was political and economical influences on movies, but I think also... Blockbusters really started at the end of the 70s. I think mm-hmm. you know, Star Wars and Jaws kind of closed out the decade as these big blockbusters. And then, of course, Empire. And then you have your run of blockbusters. So I think Hollywood realized that blockbusters were maybe the way to go. And I think that's maybe why you see that more in the 80s. Bigger budgets, you know, gratifying endings. Like you said, it got away from the contemplative. Almost like a realism and a, just a sort of a... Well, yeah. I mean, think of Beverly Hills Cop and... Um, yeah, Ghostbusters and Indiana Jones movies. Well, and all the Tom Cruise movies. And all movies. the Tom Cruise movies, yeah. So then, okay, so if you have 70s, you have the more contemplative, realistic kind of stuff. And then 80s is more blockbusters. And How do you describe the 90s? That's a really good question. Maybe, I guess it would be like the return to indie filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Like... The Miramax boom with Tarantino, Rodriguez, Wes Anderson, Paul Thomas Anderson. One thing that I, I find interesting is that some of my favorite actors, like if I go through, this is a whole other episode in itself, but like if I go through my top 25 actors of all time, a large majority or at least a large portion of them are guys that hit their stride in the 90s and... So I think you had like this generation, the Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, uh, Gene Hackman. I mean, but you, you had guys that were literally kind of like in their, in their, the peak of their career, all 
performing in the 90s and I think that had a lot to do with the how successful the films were but so I don't know if I don't know if it's something along the lines of just you know just it was an era of um, where you had all this great talent infusion of talent and not to say that every decade has their own talent in it, but I don't know. There was just something different about um, about the '90s, and I don't know how you would even quantify it because you know you're going to have a you're, every every year you're going to have an award given out for best actor. So how do you quantify this this generation is better than the next? Or and maybe you can simply by taking how many actors in their 40s, for example, won won an Academy Award and kind of looking at it over the, the, the next 20 years. Um, you know, a lot of those, a lot of the guys that I really rooted for in movies, they were all, again, they were all winning awards during the, during that decade. So, well, so Al Pacino, like you mentioned, you know, some of these guys were hitting their stride and hitting their peak in the nineties. Like, did, is it possible that Al Pacino has two peaks? Because, I mean, I you know I think one of his peaks would have to be Serpico, Godfather One, Godfather Two. Well, but that's I don't know if that would be his peak. Dog Day. Yeah, I guess it, no, no. I don't think it would. I don't think if you can only have one peak, then it's not. The only guy. But then that if I it's know not the that, then what is it? What would be John Travolta? Yeah. He had. Yeah. He was. He is the quintessential comeback kid I mean he he disappeared yeah. mostly and then came For about back eight or nine years yeah but whereas I feel like uh, Al Pacino had a pretty steady arc um, he was lost in the 80s though like Pacino did Scarface and then kind of disappeared for about five years it's really weird if you look at his IMDB I'm looking at it now so check this out so um, he does Serpico in 70, he does Godfather in 72, Serpico 73, Godfather 2 in 74, Dog Day in 75. Uh, and then he kind of t doesn't really do much else. He, he does Injustice for All in 79 and Cruising in 80, Author, Author in 82, and then Scarface in 83. So from 75 to 70 to, to 80, really, or to 83, he doesn't really do much. And then he does Scarface. And then he doesn't do anything till 89 with Sea of Love. Like, he go, he does Revolution in 85, which I've never seen that, never, never even heard of it. For, from 83 to 89, that's the only movie that he does. He does Sea of Love in 89, so he kind of comes back. And Sea of Love is actually, and then, and then Dick Tracy in 90, and then Godfather 3 in 90. And then that's when he starts his real run with Frankie and Johnny, Glenn Gary, Son of a Woman, Carlito's Way. Donnie Brasco, Devil's Advocate, Insider, Any Given Sunday, and then he's kind of, he has almost like a second, kind of like a very similar John Travolta. He has a renaissance in the 90s that really hasn't, hasn't really slowed down, um, but the 80s were for him kind of a lost decade too. Wouldn't you agree? I would have to agree. You just, I wonder why, I wonder why that is. Was he, you know, was it just, was it a function of not having a script that he liked or was it you know wonder, personal reasons or wonder I mean, a drug problem I don't think so he may, I don't know I mean who knows but um, 
I mean, he was really gone for six years. Um, have you seen Sea of Love? Yeah, I have. It's good. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's good. It's good, but it, it's a good kind of comeback movie. I didn't um, realize it was that late in the 80s, though. I thought it would Yeah, been, like, I, I didn't either. Around. I thought it was like 87, It felt very early 80s to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, yeah, well, that's because he looks like 80s Al Pacino, kind of, still. He, and I think right when Godfather came out, which was the next year, that's when it's almost like I sort of see him as a second Al Pacino at that point. He almost acts different, too, which is kind of weird. It's um, weird how, yes, and his look changed, and he just, he had aged a lot from, like, when you look at Sea of Love to, to Godfather, and I know he's playing an older person. They, they, that was, a lot of that was makeup, I think. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it was. Cause, like, yeah, in, I guess so. Because I was watching, when I was watching Glenn Gary, I, I was amazed how young he looked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they may have made him, I don't know. Um, so... All right. So, well, so we had, into... we had, we had, just to recap real quick. Yeah, yeah, so we had yeah. uh, Spacey had two, Lemon had two, Pacino, Pacino one, has one, Harris has one, Harris has one. So six Oscars. Well, we haven't gotten to Alan Arkin either. Um, did we yeah, have... and I don't, I don't, Let me see. I didn't, I think he's I one. Hang on, I'm looking it up now. Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> Is he an Edward Scissorhands? <laughs> what? Alan Arkin? Yeah. Oh my God, dude, he plays the dad. Oh, I thought no, I thought that was Vincent Price. No, 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 no. He plays the father of. of oh, like, the father of. Uh, Winona Ryder. Edward. We got All right, it. so he did win an Academy Award. And I'm not helping you much because I'm actually trying to find Alan Arkin quotes. <laughs> Man. Yeah, he won for Little Miss Sunshine. He won, and that was in '07. That was worthy. I don't know who else was nominated that year. I feel like '07 was a good year for Oscars, though. Wasn't that, was it, wasn't... Man, Alan Arkin is so great in that movie. I just, I'm, I can't believe that doesn't stand out to you. God, Edward Scissorhands is not one of those that I've seen a bunch, though. Honestly, I'm not a huge fan of the movie, but if, if there's one part of the movie that, like, I'll, I'll watch it just for this, it's, it's Alan Arkin. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he, everything he's in, I like. All right, so, you know, who, who he was up against to win? He, he was up against Eddie Murphy in Dreamgirls, Mark Wahlberg in The Departed, Mm -hmm. Jack, and Jackie Earl Haley in Little Children, um, and I, that was the year that. Other than that, I think Scorsese and The, the Departed kind of swept it that year. That was a big year. Who else Departed. was nominated that year? Was that it? Jamon Hounso for Blood Diamond. Okay. Hounso. Yeah. How do you pronounce his name? Yep, I know. Yeah, I, I hate know. when I mix. That's that. How do you pronounce that? Uh, I, I, I don't know, but I'm familiar with it. I mean, it's great, great movie. Great. He did a heck of a job. He was definitely worthy of it. Uh, anybody else? That's it. Just those five. Okay. So really, the only ones that don't have one are Alec Baldwin. I guess we can throw Jonathan Price in there. In terms of uh, stuffing Academy Award quality talent into one movie, you could put that up against any other movie. I mean... The, the cast, obviously, it, it was written as a place, so the cast is small. You know, it's a it's a smaller cast. and There's only one woman in the whole movie, and it's the, it's the coat check girl at the restaurant. Right. It's the only female you see in the entire film. You can always think of ensemble casts, but when you think of an ensemble cast as a percentage of the greater cast, this is obviously the highest percentage. I mean, you have six or seven people in the movie, and... 
six Oscars? I mean, there's literally an Oscar for every <laughs> every person in the movie. All right, this took a lot of twists and turns. We wanted to get into Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, the film, but we got sidetracked talking about all kinds of other really cool stuff. So I'll tell you what, Nick, are you okay with coming back next week to actually talk about Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, the actual film? Yeah. Okay, we will do that. Um, so... Come back next week. We'll actually get into the film, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. And thank you and class dismissed. <laughs> <laughs>